The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by ComBank. As we head into the warmer months, we're reminded of the devastation of the last bushfire season. ComBank's Bushfire Recovery Grant Program is just one small way communities are continuing to receive support. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 6th of November. In your squeeze today, the US election is still too close to call. The first arrest is made under foreign interference laws. China toys with our exporters. And it's your choice. This is your squeeze today. The US election result is still very, very close, Claire, and there's no clear winner. It is, however, at the moment looking favourable for Democrat Joe Biden. We talked about the states of Michigan and Wisconsin yesterday. They've both gone Biden's way, taking him to 253 Electoral College votes. Some even have him winning Arizona off the Republicans, which takes him to 264, not far off the magic number of 270. Yeah, as we said yesterday, there's as many different counts as there are big media outlets in the Mm -hmm. US and Associated Press, which a lot of others take their count from, has given Arizona to Biden. Uh, Trump, meanwhile, is on 214 Electoral College votes. If Arizona has gone Biden's way, that means that Trump needs to win Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia and Nevada to get to 270 electoral votes. That's looking pretty unlikely. Biden spoke last night and says under his leadership, there will be no red states and blue states when we win, just the United States of America. Trump, on the other hand, is continuing to challenge the legality of the vote in a number of states. In a nutshell, Claire, what's his argument? Yeah, his Twitter account is getting a good workout. He's tweeted overnight in all caps, stop the count, exclamation point. That really is his point. He wants the counting to stop and is launching legal action in some states to try and make that happen. In Wisconsin, his campaign has requested a formal recount. Uh, In Michigan and Pennsylvania, they're trying to end the counting there. Uh, They're taking legal steps in Georgia as well and also looking to try and do something in Nevada. So it's a very fractious situation there and some of his supporters are actually coming out and going to those voting centres to try and uh, make their point heard. Yeah, protests around the country. The polls may have been very wrong, but many predicted this challenge from Trump. He's been preparing the country for it for a while. His big beef is a belief that the counting of mail-in ballots that were posted by November 3 but arrived later is problematic. As we've said many, many times, Claire, there's more to come. And we do have a squeeze shortcut available on mail-in voting and the issues with it. If that's of interest, it's all part of our shortcut series on the US election. A link to that is in your episode notes. It was back in 2018 when foreign interference laws were introduced by the Turnbull government and now, Claire, a 65-year-old Melbourne man has become the first person charged. D. Sandong is his name and he is president of an organisation affiliated with the Chinese government. Yeah, he has those links and he also ran as a Liberal candidate back in 1996. There's a lot of commentary about that this morning. There's not a lot of details on what exactly he's been accused of doing, but said that Uh, He had some links with a foreign intelligence agency. Uh, Whether we get more details on that remains to be seen. 
This one has been speculated on all week and now China's Global Times, which is essentially a government mouthpiece, has published an article that seemingly confirms that from today, a number of Australian products won't be allowed into China. So we're talking the likes of wine, lobsters, sugar, coal, copper ore, barley and timber, Claire. That is circa five to six billion dollars worth of exports from Australia. There's not a lot of clarity, though, exactly about what China's plans are. Our trade minister, Simon Birmingham, has said that he sought an official response. Simon Birmingham's been trying to get a response from the Chinese government for a while now. The consequences, as you said, of something like this are huge for those exporters. So all eyes on what happens today. Over to Austria now, where earlier in the week a gunman killed four people in Vienna. It was initially thought there may be more people involved, Claire, but authorities have now confirmed that he did act alone. Questions are now being asked, though, about whether Austrian authorities could have prevented the attack. Yeah, an inquiry has been launched there. There's a couple of things of note. In July, neighbouring Slovakia alerted Austrian intelligence officials to the gunman's unsuccessful attempt to buy ammunition there. What Austrian authorities have said is that they investigated that, but no action was taken. Also, the gunman, uh, as has already been canvassed, was released from jail in December. He had convinced authorities that he was reformed after he had tried to travel to Syria to join Islamic State. So there's lots of questions being asked about whether that attack could have been prevented given authorities knew what they knew about him. To the ongoing question now of when Sydneysiders and Victorians will be able to travel to Queensland. Claire, there's nothing quite like the anxiety or or the frustration of sending a text and not getting a response. It's the worst. Or getting a response that doesn't answer your questions. That's what's going on between New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian and newly re-elected Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk. Yeah, Berejiklian has been blanked. On Sunday, she sent that text just giving her some congratulations and also reminding her that a chat was needed about the New South Wales and Queensland border. But what um, she got back in reply on Wednesday night from Palaszczuk was a ribbing about the state of origin result. Apparently, the text was just three words and it said, Queenslander, great game. (laughs) Or something to that effect is what Berejiklian said. Uh, She was not happy with that and stood up at a press conference yesterday to say that she's worried about jobs, she's worried about people seeing their families. Uh, Look, it's all good and fine to have fun about the footy, but there were more serious issues at play. Not much of a sense of humour about that one yesterday. Yeah, for Palaszczuk's part, she again reiterated that the border closure to people from Greater Sydney won't be reviewed until the 23rd of November. To some lighter stuff now from this week. And first up, Claire, Prince Charles is dabbling in fashion. He, as we know, has lots of philanthropic affiliations and they're about to launch uh, a youth development and sustainability foundation tied to fashion that really goes into young British designers and it's going to be a range that's sold on Net-A-Porter next year and to give it a bit of a plug for when it's being launched next week, he's done an interview with British Vogue where he talks about his reluctance to throw out any of his clothes. So it's not his fashion line, just to be clear. <laughs> if He's not launching his... a sustainable fashion line. It's a foundation. If it was his fashion line, it would just be safari suits when you look back at his wardrobe <laughs> fashion moments. 
And the recipe this week is a chicken Slovaki bowl with halloumi. I like the intro to this recipe. It really speaks to me, Claire. It reads, I'm too impatient and if I'm being honest, too disorganised for meal planning. (laughs) I've done this one before and it is a really good quick one. Lots of fresh flavours. The week has been a busy one and I have to confess to doing the home delivery burger uh, and Thai a couple of times this week. So something a bit fresh will be good, I think. Links to both of those are in your episode notes. Before we go, Claire, the email subject line. Uh, Email subject line, I've gone for the rudiment song, the lyric being "Mm, not giving in. That's Trump's position at the moment. At this stage, that is where things are at. As we finish our podcast for a Friday and head into the weekend, before we finish up, we're going to mention just one more time that we're really stoked to have been nominated for an Australian Podcast Award, Claire, in the Best Network or Publisher category. But the listener's choice is really where it's at because we're up against Squiz Kids and I'm really scared of the power of Australian kids. I reckon they're going to pip us. (laughs) Yeah, and look, I would say, Squiz Kids is the worst. It's not the worst. It's actually doing really we well. Love it. But they're taking this people's choice thing very seriously. So I'm very worried. <laughs> so we're encouraging you all to please vote for the Squiz Today podcast or Squiz Shortcuts podcast if you do like them. I'll put a link to do so in your episode notes. It's a very simple voting process um, and we'd be really thrilled if we can get a couple of um, nods in our direction for that one. Yes, that would be appreciated. Enjoy your weekend and we will be back on Monday. The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesqueeze.com.au. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. 